نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Lord, the praise belongs to Allah who praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness, and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds. While Allah guides, there is no one that can lead Him astray, and whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide Him. I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone, and that he has no partners or associates and I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger. The ta'ala in this lecture number nine in which we intend to take the eighth, the eighth naqid of the nawaqid of Islam as they have been mentioned by Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab Rahimahullah is his brief essay uh, which is entitled The Things Which Nullify a Person's Islam, the Nawaqid of Islam. Uh, we have discussed previously the seriousness and the sensitivity of this subject, the Nawaqid of Islam, and in the introduction in the first lecture before we began with the first nullifier or the first Nazi, we talked about a number of issues and amongst them the issue of a taxfiyah or declaring the quicker disbelief of a particular person saying that a Muslim had done something or said something and as a result of that gone out of Islam. Indeed it is a sensitive issue and an important issue that needs to be understood. And due to the sensitivity of the subject this method that we want to discuss this evening, I thought that at least we would mention in passing, in just a few words, what the scholars of the people of Sunnah have said concerning taxia or declaring a Muslim to be a character. And the essence of the issue, which we have discussed in detail previously, it is that they have determined that they, it is not a necessity that the person who does an act or who says a word and that act or word has been declared as an act of kufr or a word of kufr. It is not of necessity that the same ruling has to be applied to the person. And it doesn't mean that because somebody has done something which the scholars have ruled as being an act of kufr that that person is necessarily a kafir. And these two things are not any necessary to go together. It is possible that that person might be declared a kafir, and it is possible that he might not be. And he said, as the scholar said, that there are shuruq and mawaniya. The shuruq are those things that have to be fulfilled. They have to be present first in order for that person to be declared as having gone out of Islam. And the mawaniya are those things that have to be absent the things, the prohibitive factors, that if any of them are present, it prohibits the ruling of kufr on that person. Such as he was forced to do it, or he was ignorant, or he misunderstood, and so on. So keeping this in mind, we should uh, be careful that we don't hasten to declare the kufr of anyone due to the fact that we find such a person saying something or doing something that has been ruled as kufr. Some of the scholars said that before takfir can be made on someone, before Muslim could be declared as a kafir, if it was done by the people of knowledge, the scholars, if they did so, first, the first consideration is that the, that the act, it should be made clear that that thing is an act of kufr according to Quran and Sunnah. And the second thing, it should be proven that the person 
has in fact committed that act. And the third thing is that the proof, the proof, the evidences should be presented to that person to give them a chance to understand and know that what they have engaged in is proof so that they may retract, so that they may repent, so that they may turn back from that thing. And if all of that is done, then the final point is that uh, the, we should be sure that there are no prohibitive factors that prohibit the person from being declared as a kafir. The topic of our discussion this evening, the naqid that Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab has mentioned as al-Thani, the eighth naqid of the nawaqid of Islam, he said it is Mubaharatul Mushrikeen ومعاونتهم على المسلمين يعني مظاهرة المشركين it means backing or supporting or aiding, assisting or helping the pagan disbelievers helping them supporting them, aiding them ومعاونتهم على المسلمين and assisting them against the Muslims supporting, assisting, and aiding the disbelievers against the Muslims. Whoever does so has fallen into kufr. They have engaged in an act of kufr. And as I said now in the introduction just now, it means that even though that act is an act of kufr, it doesn't necessarily mean that every person who does so should be declared as a Catholic. What the little وَمَنْ يَتَوَلَّهُمْ مِنْكُمْ فَإِنَّهُ مِنْهُمْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَهْدِي الْقَوْمَ الظَّالِمِينَ The saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that whoever takes them uh, takes them as those who they support whoever takes them as those who they support and they help and they aid or seek help and aid and support from them then that one is one of them Whoever from amongst the Muslims supports the disbelievers, then he is one of them. Indeed, Allah does not guide the wrongdoing people. Al-Qawm al-Zalimeen. And this ayah, it was specifically revealed in reference to the Christians and Jews, as is indicated in the beginning of the ayah. Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abi Wahhab has mentioned the portion of the ayah that supports his position concerning this matter. However, the beginning of the ayat is addressed to the believers. Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu, la taktafidu al-yahooda wa al-nasara awliya. Ba'aduhum awliya'u ba'ad. Wa min yatawallahum minkum, fa'innahu minkum. Inna Allah la yahdi al-qawm al-zalimu. The meaning, how you to believe, that is the people of Iman, do not take لا تتخذوا it is a prohibition it is prohibited لا تتخذوا اليهوز والنصار أولياء don't take the Jews and the Christians as أولياء as friends or helpers or protectors or supporters Allah says that they are supporters and helpers of one another بعضهم أولياء وبعض that some of the Christians are supporters of other Christians and some of the Jews are supporters of the other Jews. And some of the scholars said that some of the Christians support the Jews and some of the Jews support the Christians. That some of them, either from within the group or amongst them, the generality of the disbelievers, Christians and Jews and even the pagans. Dolores is specifically mentioned about the Ahl Kitab, that some of them are supporters and helpers and protectors of one another. So whoever takes them as helpers or supporters or protectors from amongst you, from amongst the Muslims, then that one, he is one of them. And one of the disbelievers, he becomes one of them. So indeed, Allah does not guide the wrongdoing people, the Zalimun. Al-Hafiz Ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, in his tafsir, this ayah, he said that Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala has prohibited his believing slaves from taking the Jews and the Christians in a relationship of supporting one another or aiding one another or helping one another. 
the Christians and the Jews, he said, those who are the enemies of Islam and the people of Islam, taking them as supporters, while they are Islam wa ahlihi. They are the enemies of Islam and the enemies of its people, the Muslims. That is the dua that Al-Imam Ibn Rahimahullah said that may Allah save them or curse them. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed that some of them, they are helpers and supporters of others of them. They help and support one another. Then he warned and he threatened those who engage in such, taking the Christians and Jews. And another ayat it is clear that it also includes the other disbelievers that he threatens and warns those who engage in such. And he said, وَمَنْ يَتَوَلَّهُمْ مِنْكُمْ فَإِنَّهُ مِنْهُمْ That whoever from amongst you takes them as supporters, then he is one of them. Here Al-Hazir bin Sathir, Rahimahullah, mentions a narration that is reported by Ibn Abi Hakim, the great scholar of Hadith, Rahimahullah, he said that Umar, Umar bin al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu, he ordered Abu Musa al-Ash'ari radiyallahu anhu to send to him a report of what he has taken and what he has given. To send yani, a report of all that he has collected and all that he has distributed. And in the hadith it said that Abu Musa al-Ash'ari radiyallahu anhu, he had a writer, a spy, Kasib Nasrani was a Christian. And Omar radiallahu anhu didn't know that the writer, the scribe of Abu Musa was a Christian. So he had him to write for him that report and he sent it. And Omar radiallahu anhu was amazed with the accuracy or the proficiency of that report and how it had been written by that captive or that scribe. So he said, Umar radiallahu anhu said, Inna haza la hafeeq. But indeed, this one who has written this, he is proficient, he is excellent, he is good. He said, Is it possible that he can read for us a letter that is in the masjid that has come from Shan? Can you read this letter for us? Abu Musa al-Ashari said to him, Inna hu la yastatiq. But he is not able. So Umar said, Ajunabun huwa? Is he in the state of Janabah? Why is it that he can't come in the masjid and read the letter for us? He said, La, he is not Junub, but Nasrani. But indeed he is a Christian. He is not Junub, he is a Christian. And he is a Kafir who cannot enter the masjid. Then Abu Musa actually said that Umar admonished him and struck him on his side and he said to him, Akhrujuhu, get him out of here. But then he read the saying of Allah, Ya Yuhalladina Manu, La Sattafidu Yahuda wa Nasara Awliya. O you believe, do not take the Jews and the Christians as Awliya. And here, the, the mention of this ayat by Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu is the proof that taking the Jews and Christians for supporters and helpers is not only as supporters in military action, but using them in any way relying upon them, trusting in them, having confidence in them in the matters that are exclusive to the Muslims, that this is prohibited. Even though, even though in this hadith it is clear that there was no, that the act of Abu Musa al-Ashari radiallahu anhu did not fall into the category of taking or using the Christians and Jews as awliya, it didn't fall into the category of that which is classified as kufr. And this is one of the proofs that taking the disbelievers as awliya, using them for some work, or taking assistance from them or relying upon them, is not in every case kufr. Is not in every case kufr. And some of the scholars have clarified that it depends on whether or not the people who have taken, the Muslims who have taken the Kafirs for supporters or helpers or awliya, if they take them as their supporters, being pleased with them and their religion and their way of life and what they are upon, or taking them as a help or, or an aid in a, in a worldly matter, yeah, and for some worldly benefit, not related to being. 
In any case, it is prohibited in every case. And it is not kufr if it means the case in which somebody has just used them for some worldly benefit. It is haram and it is a major sin. It is prohibited by Allah. However, it is not kufr. Taking the pagan disbelievers as awliya, yani relying upon them and trusting in them and having confidence in them and being pleased with that which they are upon could only happen in the case where someone's heart is open towards and relaxed with and glad and happy with those pagan disbelievers or the one who has love for the enemies of Allah and the enemies of the Muslims. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an مَنْ كَفَرَ بِاللَّهِ مِنْ بَعْدِ إِيمَانِهِ إِلَّا مَنْ أُخْرِهَا وَقَلْبُهُ مُطْمَئِنٌ بِالْإِيمَانِ وَلَكِنْ مَنْ شَرَحَ بِالْكُفْرِ صَبْرًا فَعَلَيْهِمْ غَضَبٌ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ عَظِيمٌ ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمْ اسْتَحَبُّوا الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا على الآخرة وأن الله لا يحدي القوم الكافرين That whoever disbelieves in Allah after having iman, after having believed in Allah whoever does so then their end, it is a terrible end except إلا من أقرها except the one who is compelled who is forced against his will while his heart is content with iman but he has been forced to do something or to say something that is kufr while his heart is not in agreement with what he has said or done. وَلَكِنْ مَنْ شَرَحَ يعني they are accepted from this. وَلَكِنْ مَنْ شَرَحَ بِالْكُفْرِ صَبْرًا But the one whose heart is open towards kufr, who is inclined towards kufr and who is pleased with it, then the, the anger of Allah is upon them and for them is a terrible punishment and that is because they prefer ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمْ اِسْتَحَبُّ الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا عَلَى الْآخِرَةِ Because they have preferred the life of this world and the things of this world and the benefits of this world over the next life. Indeed, Allah does not guide the disbelieving people. The reason for this is because the one who does such an act nullifies their tawheed, they negate their iman, even if that person did not commit an actual act of shirk. And it is not only shirk that nullifies tawheed and nullifies iman, but being pleased with and being confident in and taking support from and relying upon the disbelievers, it is not, it doesn't go along with iman, faith in Allah and trust in Allah and believing in Allah. Allah has warned and portioned the Prophet against three things. Al-Muwalat, taking the disbelievers and taking in friendship. Al-Rukun ilayhim, being inclined towards and having confidence and trust in and reliance upon them. And al-Nusra wal-Iyana, offering them support, backing, assistance and aid. And these three matters, taking them as friends or relying upon them and having confidence in them or supporting or backing and aiding them, all of these things are prohibited based on the principle in Islam, which is an apple of the usul of the deen of Allah, it is al-wala wal-bara. That of the fundamentals of Islam, that Islam is based upon, it is one of the most important fundamentals after a tawheed, it is that the Muslim's relationship with the non-Muslims and the Muslim's relationship with other Muslims is based on the principle of al-wala wal-bara. That the Muslim, his relationship with the believers is al-wala. That he has friendship with and allegiance to and supports and aids and assists the believers because of their iman, because of their Islam. And he has enmity for and disassociation from, and he doesn't support or aid or assist the disbelievers because of their kufr and because of their shirk. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said in the authentic hadith which is reported in the scene of Abu Dawood and the Shaykh al-Bani said in Sinsul al-Hadith al-Sahihah that the hadith is sahih. 
He said, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man ahabba lillah wa abghaba lillah wa a'ata lillah wa mana'a lillah faqad istakmala al-iman. That whoever loves for the sake of Allah. And they love whoever they love and whatever they love to Allah. Because this is what Allah loves. And whoever hates for the sake of Allah, they hate whatever they hate because Allah hates it. And they hate whoever they hate because Allah hates it. And they give for the sake of Allah. Whatever they give, they give it for the sake of Allah in the way that Allah is pleased. And they hold back for the sake of Allah. When they don't give, they don't give because Allah is not pleased with that. Then whoever does so, they have completed and perfected Al-Iman. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Qasas, chapter 28, verse 86, That the Prophet Allah said to him that you are not expecting that the book and the Quran would be sent down to you or revealed to you, but it is a mercy from your Lord. It is Allah's favor and His mercy upon you. Therefore, never be a supporter. Never be of those who support or aid or help the disbelievers. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Hud, chapter 11, verse 113, وَلَا تَرْكَنُوا إِلَى الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا فَتَمَسَّكُمُ النَّارُ وَمَا لَكُمْ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ مِنْ أَوْلِيَاءِ ثُمَّ لَا تُنْصَرُونَ But don't incline towards, don't be inclined towards الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا Those who engage in ظلم And the scholars of the people of Sunnah said that ظلم in the general sense it means shirk It means shirk or kukr Unless it is specified to mean otherwise don't be inclined towards the mushrikeen, the disbelievers. Let the fire should touch you. And you will not have anyone other than Allah to help you. And then you will not be helped at all. <coughs> Shaykh Abdul Rahman al-Sa'adi, rahimahullah, in his tafsir concerning this verse, he said, if you incline towards them and agree with them in their wrongdoing, or were pleased with that which they are upon, the unjust actions, then you would be touched, you would be punished by the fire. He went on to say that this verse contains a warning of punishment with fire from our from those who are inclined towards, or those who have confidence in the volume. And the intended meaning, the intended meaning of our it is to incline towards or to join forces with, or to become affiliated with him, yeah, and with the Dalim, with the Mushrik, in his wrongdoings. To join him in it, and to affiliate oneself with him in it, or to be inclined towards it, or to be pleased, to be pleased with it, to conform with it, or to sanction him, and what he is doing. To be pleased with the injustice and wrongdoing which he is committing. This is the meaning of ar So if this, is the warning or the threat for simply being inclined towards the wrongdoers. This is the threat of Allah for those who are just inclined towards or pleased with those who engage in this wrongdoing. So what would be the condition of those who actually themselves directly engage in it? It is required of the Muslims to support the Muslims, to support their brothers and to aid their brothers in Islam and not to betray them to the pagan disbelievers. It is expected that a Muslim would reject any request to assist or to aid or to support the pagan disbelievers. On the contrary, he would only support and aid and protect and help and cooperate with the believers. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa in the hadith reported by Imam Muslim, Rahimahullah, and the authority of Abdul ibn Umar, radiallahu anhumah, may Allah be pleased with him and his father, he said, Al-Muslimu Akul Muslim, that the Muslim is the brother of the Muslim. 
Then the relationship between two Muslims is based on Islam. Al-Muslim wa muslim And what does this relationship of brotherhood require? It requires that he, as the Prophet sallallahu said, لا يظلمه That he doesn't oppress him or do wrong to him, to his brother Muslim. وَلَا يُسْلِمُهُ And he doesn't surrender him to ruin or to destruction or to the enemy who would harm him. مَنْ كَانَ فِي حَاجَةِ أَفِيهِ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ فِي حَاجَتِهِ But whoever serves the need or fulfills the need of his brother, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will fulfill his needs. وَمَنْ فَرَّجَ عَنْ مِسْلِمٍ قُرْبَةً فَرَّجَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ بِهَا قُرْبَةً مِنْ قُرْبَةً يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةً That whoever relieves his Muslim brother from any hardship or difficulty that he experiences in, in this world, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as a result of that, will relieve him from the difficulty or hardship that he will experience on the day of resurrection. وَمَنْ سَفَرَ مُسْلِمًا سَفَرَهُ اللَّهِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ That whoever covers the Muslim, whoever covers the fault of the Muslim, and it doesn't mean that a person commits a crime, that they take somebody else's property or they do harm to another and then recover it. It means those things that are between them and Allah, not the rights of the human beings. But a person lies or a person uh, doesn't perform the obligatory duties or they engage in something that is haram, that is between them and Allah. Then the Prophet said that whoever covers the faults of his brother, in those cases where it is permissible to cover it, then Allah will cover his faults on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. And it is also reported from Abu Huraira, رضي الله عنه, in the hadith of, of Imam Muslim in his Sahih, that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم in a long hadith, he said, كُونُوا عِبَادَ اللَّهِ إِخْوَانًا That we should be all servants of Allah, brothers to one another. The Muslims should be brothers to one another. We should deal with one another as though, as though we are actually brothers to one another. المسلم أقول مسلم المسلم الزبالة المسلم لا يظلمه ولا يخذله ولا يحقره التقوى هنا ويشير إلى صدره ثلاث مرات المسلم الزبالة المسلم he doesn't oppress him or do wrong to him and he doesn't abandon him or leave him without help or aid or assistance and he doesn't hold him in contempt he doesn't look down upon him and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that at-taqwa ha-huna, that taqwa, piety or righteousness, the consciousness of Allah, it is here. And he was pointing to his chest and he said it three times. And then he said, min al-Muslim. And it is sufficient for a person, it is sufficient. The evil of this act is sufficient for any person. He doesn't need to do more than this. That is sufficient evil for anyone. That he holds his brother Muslim in contempt. That is more evil than anyone needs. That he holds his brother Muslim in contempt. Kullu Muslim, ala Muslim, haramun, damuhu wa maluhu wa irduhu. Every Muslim is inviolable, is sacred to another Muslim. It means his blood, his life, as well as his wealth or his property and his honor. He doesn't cause harm to him. He doesn't take from his property and he doesn't speak ill against his brother Muslim. The honor of a Muslim, it is sacred, it is haram. These hadith show the importance of the Muslim attending to the rights of his brother in Islam. And it is the opposite of our topic this evening, which is that the Muslim should not assist and aid and support or rely upon or seek help from the disbelievers, the enemies of Islam. Concerning the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam al-Muslimu akul Muslim لا يظلمه ولا يسلمه يعني that the Muslim is a brother of a Muslim he doesn't wrong him and he doesn't surrender him يعني to those who would harm him or lead him to destruction or that which would be harmful to him الحافظ بن حاجة السلامي he said the meaning of لا يسلمه it means he does not leave him with someone who might cause harm to him 
nor a situation which might be detrimental to him. And in another place, he said, Rahimahullah, that the person who surrendered someone, Aslama, Fulana, it means that he threw him to destruction and he did not protect him from his enemy. And the Muslim doesn't do this to his Muslim brother. As for the saying of Allah, وَمَنْ يَتَوَلَّهُمْ مِنْكُمْ فَإِنَّهُ مِنْهُمْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَحْدِ الْقَوْمَ الْظَالِمِينَ That whoever from amongst you takes them, the disbelievers, the Christians and the Jews, for helpers or supporters or protectors, then surely indeed he is one of them. Al-Hafid ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, says concerning this ayat, that the one who supports or who seeks support from the enemies of Allah against the Muslims, whoever supports them against the Muslims, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has prohibited this. And He has informed us that the one who engages in such, then their end is a terrible end. That is, that they become from amongst the disbelievers. Al-Qadiyyat, He says that whoever has no fear or concern for the ruling of Allah concerning the security of the life and property of Muslims and refraining from harming them, such a one has not completed or perfected his Islam. And the one who is not concerned about the life and property of the Muslims, then that person has not completed his Islam. And whoever does not have an internal inclination for ascending to the rights of the truth and speaking to what is just between himself and others, perhaps he would likewise not be concerned about that which is between him and his Lord, the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over him, resulting in the defectiveness of his Iman. Then his Islam as well as his Iman is in question. Al-Iman Abdurrahuf al-Manawi in his explanation of Jami al-Sadir al-Suyuti, Rahimahumallah, he said that Ibad, taking harm to the Muslim, is a manifestation of a defect in one's Islam. Whoever cause harm to the Muslim, or assist those who harm the Muslim, this is a clear indication and a manifestation of the defectiveness of this of their Islam. And this Ibad, or causing harm, is the two types. He said the first type is open and manifest by use of the limbs, taking, like taking someone's wealth, by stealing, or armed robbery. And the other is inner and unseen, like envy or hatred, resentment, pride and arrogance, distrust, harshness, severity, and cruelty, cruelty with the believers. All of these things cause harm to the Muslim and hurt him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered us to refrain from both types of harm. Yet so many people have been destroyed by this. As for what we find today amongst the Muslims, whether the leaders or the common people, except those whom Allah's mercy is upon, of aiding the disbelievers against the Muslims, and bringing the disbelievers into the Muslim lands and making it lawful for them and giving them control over the Muslim populations, this is indeed of the most dangerous of affairs. Some of the Muslim scholars in the tafsir of the ayat related to this topic have mentioned different statements, but all of them being basically the Anirvani, and that is the seriousness and the danger of putting our trust in and having confidence in and seeking support from and relying upon the enemies of Islam, the pagan disbelievers who have rejected the deen of Allah and who have rejected the offer of Allah for those who believe in Him and who obey Him of paradise. The great scholar Ibn Atiyah in his tafsir of the ayat from Surah Al-Tawbah, chapter 9, verse 23, which is similar to the ayat under discussion, وَمَنْ يَتَوَلَّهُمْ مِنْكُمْ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الظَّالِمُونَ That whoever from amongst you uh, 
takes them as supporters or helpers, then they are the Zalimun. That is, whoever supports them and whoever follows them and follows or seeks that which they are seeking as the same objectives as them, then they are the Zalimun. Al-Hafiz ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, in his tafsir of another similar ayah, in Surah Al-Muntahina, chapter 60, verse 13, يا أيها الذين آمنوا لا تتولوا قوما غضب الله عليهم أو يبليغ لنا take support or take support from or support the people who Allah's anger is upon الحافظ بن كثير رحمه الله says concerning this ayah that Allah تبارك وتعالى he has prohibited taking the disbelievers as supporters or helpers in the end of this chapter, in this ayah 13, just as he has prohibited it in the beginning of this chapter, when he said, Ya Yawandalina Amanu, La Tatfatidu Adu Wi Wa Adu Wa Kum Awliya Tulkuna Ilayhim Bil Mawadda That all who believe do not take my enemy and your enemy as awliya, as helpers, as supporters, as protectors, offering them friendship or love. And this ayat is more general than the ayat that Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab has mentioned because this ayat, it leaves it open for all of the disbelievers, the enemies. لَا تَتَّقِذُوا عَدُوِي وَعَدُوَكُمْ Whoever they may be, whether they are from the Christians and Jews or the other pagan disbelievers or whoever, don't take them as friends while they are the enemy of Allah and the deen of Allah and the enemy of the Muslims. Al-Imam al-Baybawi in his tafsir of the ayat of Surah Al-Ma'idah chapter 5 verse 51 that whoever takes them for friends and supporters from amongst the Muslims whoever takes them for friends or supporters or helpers or protectors then he is one of them he says that whoever takes them as supporters or protectors then he is part of their group he, is, he becomes one of their number and this is a severe warning of the obligation of avoiding them and staying away from them and not being a part of them. The Imam of the Mufassirin, Al-Imam Ibn Jarir, Al-Qadari, Rahimahullah, in his tafsir, concerning this ayat, he said, in this ayat and in other places which are similar, he said that the meaning of taking the disbelievers as awliya, it means taking them as your helpers, and taking them as your supporters. And he also said that taking them as helpers or supporters or supporting and aiding them, he said it has many divisions or many types and they are not all equal. Some types are that which takes the person out of Islam, like absolute support and ties of protection with the disbelievers. This takes the person out of Islam. And he said other types are less than that. So whoever takes them as helpers or supporters in the absolute sense, then this nullifies and negates one's Imam in totality. And otherwise, there are other levels that are less than that. Likewise, he said in the Tafsir of Surah Al-Ali Imran, chapter 3, verse 28, لا تَتَّقِذُوا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الْكَافِرِينَ أَوْلِيَا مِنْ دُونِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَمَنْ يَفْعَلْ ذَلِكَ فَلَيْسَ مِنَ اللَّهِ فِي شَيْءٍ Note that the believers do not say the disbelievers as awliya instead of or in place of the believers and whoever does so then they don't have anything from Allah meaning they don't have any relationship from Allah whoever takes the disbelievers as supporters and helpers then these people yani, who prefer the disbelievers over the believers then they have nothing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah is free of them also, Al-Imam Al-Tabari says in the Tafsir of Surah Al-Ma'idah that which makes clear the reasoning for the ruling of the one who takes the disbelievers as supporters and helpers 
what is the reasoning of the illa or the cause for this ruling? What is the basis of it? He says in the tafsir of this ayah that whoever takes them, whoever from amongst the Muslims take them as supporters or helpers, then they are one of them. He said that concerning this ayat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it clear that whoever does such, he is one of them. That means he is from their deen and from their millah. The ruling concerning him is the ruling concerning them. They are the same. He said, whoever takes them as helpers or supporters in preference to the believers, then he is from their deen, who are in ahli deenihim, wa min latihim. He is from their deen and from their millah, their way. Because no one who supports or aids or seeks support or aid from someone, no one does so except that he is pleased with him. فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَتَوَلَّى أَحَدًا إِلَّا وَهُوَ بِهِ وَبِدِينِهِ وَمَا هُوَ عَلَيْهِ رَابٍ Except that he is pleased with him. And he is pleased with that one's being. And he is pleased with whatever he is upon. In that case, if he is pleased with that person, and he is pleased with their being, then he will be opposed to whatever opposes him, and whatever angers him. وَصَارَ حُكْمُهُ حُكْمَهُ يعني In that case, the ruling concerning that one is the ruling concerning the one that he takes as uh, a wali. Whoever he supports an aid or seeks support an aid from, then the ruling concerning him becomes the ruling concerning that one because nobody will support another except that he is pleased with that one and pleased with that which he is upon. Al-Imam Al-Qurtubi, in his tafsir of the same ayat, he said that whoever from amongst you, from amongst the believers, takes them as supporters, meaning that he supports and aids them against the Muslims, فَإِنَّهُ مِنْهُمْ then he is from them. This means that the ruling concerning him is the same as the ruling concerning them. If they are kuffar, then he is like them. And this prohibits the Muslim from taking or receiving the inheritance from the murtad, murtad, and the one who has apostated from Islam, who has become one of the disbelievers, through supporting them and aiding them and assisting them. Al-Imam Turtubi said that this person is a murtad, he is a, an apostate, and therefore it is prohibited for the Muslims to inherit from him. He said this was in reference to Ibn Abi Balta. It was revealed in reference to him. However, this ruling, it remains until Yawm Qiyamah, so that it may cut off the relations of friendship or support or assistance between the believers and the disbelievers. Likewise, Al-Imam Ibn Hazm, Ibn Hazm, Rahimahullah, he said that it has been authentically reported. And it is true that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He said in Surah Al-Ma'idah that whoever takes them for friends or supporters, that He is one of them, He said that this is literally as it appears to be. And that He is a kafir, that He is one of the disbelievers. And He said this is the truth about which no two Muslims differ. And it is by agreement. There are no two Muslims who differ about it. Everyone is in agreement upon this. Al-Imam Al-Qasimi, in his tafsir, the very same ayat, فَإِنَّهُ مِنْهُمْ That he is from them, he said it means that he is one of them. That the ruling concerning him is the same as the ruling concerning them. وَإِنْ زَعَمَ أَنَّهُ مُخَالِفٌ لَهُمْ فِي الدِّينِ And the ruling concerning him is the same as the ruling concerning them. Even in their old age, are being called to it. The one who is the found truth today is a stranger among the people, sometimes even amongst his own family. The strangeness of Islam has become something deep-rooted, and Islam has returned once again as a stranger, just as it began. So let there be good news. Fatuba al Let there be good news for the strangers. Or as some of the scholars said, it is the good news of paradise. Tuba is a, a tree in paradise. 
for those who correct and rectify what has been spoiled and corrupted by the people. An important part of this work of correction and rectification in the society it is to warn the people against those things that destroy the Islam, that negate the Tawheed and their Iman, and which would be the cause of punishment from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the next life. It is indeed of necessity that the Muslims warn against supporting, aiding, and helping the pagan disbelievers against the Muslims, since supporting them financially, financially, physically, intellectually, or in any other way, or defending them. Indeed, it is rizda, it is apostasy. It causes the person to go out of Islam. If only the Muslims would unite amongst themselves based on Islam, based on the correct aqidah and the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa if only they would support one another and cooperate with one another in their mutual affairs, in that case the condition and the status of Islam and the Muslims would change from what it presently is. And then the disbelievers, they would be the ones who would be humbled and disgraced. Uh, in closing, I want to mention the hadith which is a clear proof of the issue which is of great importance to us and that is distinguishing making a distinction between the one who supports the disbelievers even against the Muslims for some worldly benefit as opposed to the one who supports the disbelievers against the Muslims due to their love of the disbelievers or due to their being pleased with the kufr of the disbelievers and perhaps it is due to misunderstanding of this issue that some of the people might erroneously and it is a dangerous error some of the people might erroneously couple all of those who have fallen into this act of supporting the disbelievers against the believers perhaps we might couple them all together and in that case we would have fallen into a terrible error that would lead to a great fitna the hadith of the Prophet which is reported concerning one of the Sahaba and he was one of the people of Badr who fought in the battle of Badr and we know that the people of Badr that the Prophet said that perhaps Allah has looked at them and examined them and he has said to them do whatever you have done for I have forgiven you he was from the people of Badr and it is reported in Bukhari this hadith and it says, the comment that I want to mention concerning this, it is related to the fact that, as one of the scholars has said, that this hadith, which I am going to mention, that it is an indication, uh, it is a miracle of the Prophet wasallam that he knew about something that could not have been known except by revelation. And this hadith, it also deals with the ruling concerning spying and the permissibility of violating the privacy of spies. And he said that this hadith is the proof that the one who has supported the disbelievers, who has aided and supported and assisted the disbelievers against the Muslims, that not in every case the one who has done so, that he is a kafir. But in fact, in every case it is a kabira, it is a major sin. However, it is not in every case kufr. It is the hadith of Hafiz ibn Abi who was one of the companions of the Prophet who fought in the battle of Badr. And he had sent a letter to the Quraysh at the time when the Prophet was secretly planning to attack them in Mecca. He sent a letter to them informing them that the Muslims had intended to make war against them. And an old woman carried that letter. She was taking it to Mecca to the pagan disbelievers. But the Prophet ﷺ, he was informed by revelation. And he sent three of his companions, Ali and Al-Zubayr and Al-Maddad, 
They caught up with that lady at a place called Rawdatul Khar, about 12 miles from Medina. And they threatened to search her, yani to take her clothing off, if she didn't give it up, if she didn't give them the letter. The Prophet was informed by revelation that she had a letter. And they believed in what he said, that it was true. And they told her that we know you have it. If you don't give it up, we will take your clothing off. We will search you until we find it. And she knew that it was serious, so she gave them the letter. When they brought the letter back to the Prophet the Prophet he said, Ya Hafid, Mahada, what is this? And what have you done? You have sent a letter to the pagan disbelievers to inform them that we are going to attack them. And the Prophet has carefully planned this attack on Mecca, not even trying not to even let his own people know where they are going or what they are going to do. Yet Hafid, he was going to inform the pagan disbelievers. The Prophet said to him, Ya Hafid, Mahada, what is this? He said, Ya Rasulullah, La Ta'ajal Aliya, Inni Kuntu Imra'an Mulassiqan Fi Quraysh, Yaqulu Kuntu Halifan Walam Akun Min Anfusihim. And he said to the Prophet, Don't be hasty with me. Don't be hasty. He said, Let me explain. Indeed, I was a person who was selected to the Quraysh. Yani, through an allegiance or an alliance or a pact, he was, I said, he was an ally to them. He said, I wasn't one of them, I am not from the Quraysh. And I am unlike the Muhajirin who have migrated with you and left their family or their wealth or their property. He said, they had relatives who could protect their families and protect their wealth. And I only desired that since I didn't have such relations, that I would do something a favor for the Quraysh in exchange for them protecting my relatives, my family. Then he said, وَلَمْ أَفْعَلُهُ إِرْتِدَادًا عَنْ دِينِي وَلَا رِضًا بِالْكُفْرِ بَعْدَ الْإِسْلَامِ And this is the point of the hadith that is important. He said to the Prophet this is the reason why I have done it. وَلَمْ أَفْعَلْهُ إِرْتِدَادًا عَنْ دِينِي I have not done it. Yani turning away from my deen, going back from Islam. I have not done it as an apostate leaving my deen. وَلَا رُضًا بِالْكُفْرِ بَعْدِ الْإِسْلَامِ I have not done it because I am pleased with kufr after Islam. Yani he has not done so. Yani because he has abandoned Islam. And he has not done so because he is pleased with kufr or the disbelievers. But he has done it for this reason, for some worldly benefit to protect his family or, or, or whoever he has left behind. فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمَ أَنَّهُ صَدَقَكُمْ He said, indeed, he has told the truth. That means that he has not apostated. He has not done it being pleased with the Catholics or displeased with Islam, but he has done it for some other reason. فَقَالَ عُمَرَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ دَعْنِي أَضْرِبْ عُمَقَ هَذَا الْمُنَافِقِ Omar who said, O Messenger of Allah, please allow me to cut his neck, to kill this munafiq. And Omar, he understood that this was kufr, that he was really a munafiq, that he was born out of Islam by such an act. But the Prophet وسلم, he told him no. قَالَ إِنَّهُ قَدْ شَهِدَ بَدَرًا That indeed he has been of those who participated in the battle of Badr. وَمَا يُدْرِيكَ لَعَلَّ اللَّهَ اتَّلِعَ عَلَى مُنْ شَهِدَ بَدْرًا he said, how do you know? What do you know? Perhaps Allah has looked at, He has examined those who have participated in better. And He has said, فَيَعْمَلُوا مَا شِئْتُمْ فَقَدْ غَفَرْتُ لَكُمْ He said, do whatever you desire. Indeed, I have forgiven you. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this ayah, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَا تَتَّقِذُوا عَدُوِي وَعَدُوَكُمْ أَوْلِيَاءَ Oh, you believe, do not take my enemy and your enemy as supporters or helpers, offering to them love or affection or friendship. To the end of the ayat, فَقَدَ ضَلَّ الثَّوَارِ السَّبِيلَ Whoever does so is indeed gone astray. In this ayat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated the enmity and hatred for the disbelievers and being clear and frank and explicit in that. And He has prohibited taking allegiance from them or, or making allegiance to them and friendship with them. 
And in this hadith, as we mentioned, it shows that the Prophet was informed by revelation of that lady carrying the letter, and he also makes us to know what is the ruling concerning spies. And this hadith is a clear proof that the person who has supported the disbelievers against the Muslims, that they are not all one, that it might be kufr, which is the general ruling, and it might not be if that person has not done so being pleased with the Catholics and the disbelievers or being displeased with Islam. And this is the end of what we can uh, mention this evening. Uh, perhaps uh, I will just mention one fatwa from, from amongst many, a contemporary fatwa that mentions the ayat under discussion and that is the fatwa of Al-Imam Abdul Aziz ibn Ibaz, rahimahullah, May Allah have mercy upon him. He said that the scholars of Islam have made consensus upon the fact that whoever supports the disbelievers against the Muslims and aids them in any way, in any shape, fact, or any form, then that person is a kafir like them. And then he mentioned the saying of Allah, Oh, yeah, and in this fatwa, uh, it is from a contemporary scholar which makes us to know that this is the ruling of the scholars of the past and this is the ruling of the scholars of our present time. It is the ruling about which there is no disagreement amongst the Muslims. However, keeping in mind that the ruling concerning the one who engaged in such who differ according to the intention and the condition of that person or the reasoning why they have done so. And for this reason, it is important that one should not be hasty in declaring the kufr of someone, but we should know that the act, that is an act of kufr, the ruling concerning the one who does it would be in consideration of that individual. And this is the right of the people of knowledge, the scholars, and it is not for every individual to be hasty in declaring the kufr of someone who has engaged in such. And Allah knows best. Hanakallahu bihamdika. Shalom la ilaha illa anta staghfirka wa tubuhi. The questions at the end of this handout quickly. The first question, discuss briefly the eighth naqid or nullifier of Islam. The eighth naqid that we have discussed, it is supporting or aiding the pagan disbelievers against the Muslims, that this nullifies a person's Islam. Number two mentions the dalil which the author has given for this naqid, it is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Ma'idah chapter 5 verse 51, the ending of it, وَمِيَتَوَلَّهُمْ مِنْكُمْ فَإِنَّهُ مِنْكُمْ Yani that whoever uh, aids and supports the pagan disbelievers, then he is one of them. The third question, what is meant by they are but awliya to one another? Yani ba'duhum awliya ba'd. It means, according to some of the scholars, that the Christians aid and support one another, and likewise the Jews aid and support one another, and sometimes they also aid and support one another, Christians supporting the Jews and Jews supporting Christians. Number four, mention the ruling for one who takes the disbelievers for awliya, the ruling concerning the one who takes them as supporters or helpers, it is kufr, yani the ruling concerning this action it is an act of kufr. However, we can say, the scholar said, that whoever says such and such is a kafir, and whoever does such and such action is a kafir. However, that is different from saying a particular individual, so and so, I have seen him doing this, I heard him saying that, therefore he is a kafir. I mean, making that clear on a particular individual is not allowed except with the conditions that the scholars had mentioned. Otherwise, the general statement that whoever worships idols is a kafir, or whoever supports the disbelievers against the Muslims is a kafir. This is the hukm shari, the legal ruling for the act, and it is a general ruling for whoever engages in it, however, it is not something that should be applied to specific individuals. Uh, question number five discuss the illa, the reason mentioned by Al Imam al Tabari Rahimahullah for this ruling. And Al Imam al Tabari Rahimahullah said that no person from amongst the believers would support or aid the disbelievers against the believers except that that person 
will be pleased with the one he is supporting or aiding, and he will be pleased with his being, and he will be pleased with what that pers- person is upon. Uh, and for this reason it is clear that as long as he is pleased with that person and pleased with his being and his way, then the ruling concerning him is the ruling concerning them. Because if he is pleased with that one, then he will be displeased with, with whoever opposes that one or whoever angers that one. Therefore the ruling concerning the one who supports and aids the disbelievers, it is the ruling of those who he supports and aids, that is the kuffar. Uh, is there any situation in which supporting the disbelievers is not considered as kufr of disbelief? Now, the situation in which supporting the disbelievers is not considered as kufr, it is when the person supports or aids them, not being pleased with them, and not being pleased with their being, but only out of some worldly need or for some worldly benefit, in that case it is haram. And it is a kabir, a major sin, however we don't say it is kufr, and this is proven uh, as yani, uh, it is proven as in the hadith of Hafid in Abi Bauta, and that is question number seven, give it a little that supports the above. This is the hadith of Hafid radiallahu anhu, in which he said to the Prophet وسلم, when the letter was brought back to him, in which he had sent it to the pagan disbelievers in Mecca to inform them of the plan of the Prophet ﷺ to attack them. And he told the Prophet ﷺ, don't be hasty with me, but give me a chance to explain. And he said, I haven't done so. As a murtad, as somebody who has apostated from Islam. But I am believing in, in Islam, and I am pleased with the Islam, and I am pleased with Allah. And I am not displeased with Islam, يعني, after having interest, being pleased with Kufr. And this is the proof that uh, the person who does so for some worldly benefit or some other interest that is not related to his deen, while he is truly believing in Allah, then it is a major sin. And it is a serious matter. However, he has not gone out of his standing to Kufr. And the Prophet ﷺ, when he gave that explanation, he said, indeed, he has told the truth. Discuss the incident of Umar radiallahu anhu and the scribe of Abu Musa al-Ash'ali radiallahu anhu. That is the incident in which uh, when Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu requested from Abu Musa radiallahu anhu to send him the report of what he has taken or what he has collected and what he has distributed and he sent that report to him and Umar was pleased with the proficiency or the accuracy of the writing of the scribe of Abu Musa al-Ashari and he asked him, could he then help us by reading a letter that has come from a sham and it is in the masjid and Abu Musa radiallahu anhu said he could not help and he asked him why, is it that he is unclean, is he junub, he is in a state of any uh, ritual impurity, major impurity and he said no, but it is because he is a Christian, he is a kafir in that case, Umar became angry with him and scolded him and admonished him and ordered him to remove him. Uh, the last question explains the statement, it is not necessary that every person who commits an act which is ruled to be kufr be classified as a kafir. And it is not necessary that every person be classified as a kafir if he has done an act which has been ruled to be kufr. And the explanation of this is that uh, not every person who has made a statement or committed an action of kufr would be classified as a kafir until uh, the conditions are met for the pronouncement of kufr and until the prohibitive factors are removed. And as some of the scholars said, and from amongst them, Sheikh Muhammad bin Salih Taymin, he said the first thing is we should be sure that that act is an act of kufr according to Quran and Sunnah because perhaps some people think something is kufr and it is not it has to be confirmed first that it is kufr and then it has to be confirmed that the person has indeed engaged in that act and then the proof should be presented against that person and it should be we should declare that there are no prohibited factors Melania that prohibit the pronouncement of taxia on that person this is the end of the questions if there are any questions from the brothers or from the sisters or any comments or corrections, inshallah, we can take uh, 10 minutes, inshallah. No. Uh, there are many ayahs in the Quran concerning this matter. Uh,
they are normally selected in the bucket of Al-Wala or Bara. From amongst them is the ayat of not taking your fathers and your brothers as awliya. It means in kufra ala al-Iman. It says the word kufra ala al-Iman. That means that if there are those who refuse to enter Islam, but they prefer to stay in kufra, then don't take them as hostage or supporters or aid, even if it is your father or your brother, even if it is your nearest relative or closest friend. As long as they have preferred kufr over iman, then you shouldn't take them as your supporters, because the believer should only take the believers as helpers or supporters or protectors. So it is the ruling that Allah has made in so many ayats in the Quran not to take even your relatives as helpers or supporters. I mean, whoever may be the closest to you, you cannot take them as a helper or supporter as long as they have given preference to kufr over iman. I mean, as long as they have refused to submit to Allah and to worship Him alone.